Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. FM and 1510 AM. I'm your host, Lainey Boger, here with Anna Sandich. And it's been so long, months since our last show, so we are so excited to be back. Anna, how was your first semester of school? My first semester, just amazing. Good grades all around, Some watched some pretty good sports. I mean, my school, our volleyball team, did pretty well, and football season is always just fun to, you know, be in the crowd. And I take pictures on the sidelines, so it's just the fall season in high school is just oh, yes. like not unmatched. I know. I can agree with that. I played uh, tennis for my third year. That was so fun um, with some of my best friends. So that was that was really fun. And oh, just to remind you guys, I am a junior at Blue Valley High School oh. and Anna is. And I am also a junior, but I go to Blue Valley North. Yes. So both Blue Valley schools and um Let's see. We Our football team did just fine this year, but the student section was so fun, as always. <laughs> the spirit day is so fun. I genuinely wish that I could relate, but our school, it was subpar, like, is, like, generous. And it's kind of like, depend on, like, if it's home or away games. It's It was just bad. Like, I think we won one game the whole year. It wasn't upset against St. James. So that's good. Best day of my life. Best day <laughs> ever. But, like, when you're not winning, there's no students. When there's no students, there's no energy. And the players, are, it was just, like, a... You know, not great, yeah. but we got a new coach coming in this year, and good, good. hopefully we'll, you know, be back next year better than ever. Yes. Um, my school, I honestly don't know exactly what the, how many we won and lost. I know we made it to the playoffs. We were just fine. Um, but hopefully, <laughs> I mean, hopefully next year's better, and it was still super fun, so that's good. And then also, I decided this winter to uh, take on a new sport. I'm now on the bowling team. So, let's go so that has been like the funnest thing ever i'm just on jv i'm i'm so bad but i do it with some of my friends so that's been really fun i too have taken on a new sport it's like a little bit untraditional but i wanted to mention it on here because i think it's like a really important like part of sports in high school so i'm a part of unified sports at my school and so basically it's like we play sports it's a mixture of kids that are in like the general education program and then kids in the special education program and we just like we meet up every once in a while. We have meets sometime, but we basically just play sports and talk about sports, and it's just a really good opportunity to, like, get our whole school together, and I just, like, best part of my day. Like, whenever we get to meet up, it's just, like, so fun because, like, these are kids that don't usually get the opportunity to, like, you know, play football out in the field or, like, go to volleyball games because it's too loud or there's too much going on, so just, like, to, like, spend time with these kids and get to know them and, like, talk about sports mm-hmm. is just, you know... Yeah, I think Top that's tier. awesome. Yeah, some of my friends do that too. It seems seems yeah, really I fun. Think I thought it was like shout out worthy. Yes, yes. Also shout out worthy. We got some good volleyball. I mean, Blue Valley is just like Yes, Blue Valley so got dominant. second at state this year. And North got third. I mean, I I'm kind of salty. I was there. <laughs> like the games since they're always I think they're always in Salina and they're so fun. Like I've gone the last yeah. 2 years. I mean, we won last year, so a little bit more fun, but it's just, like, so fun out there. And Blue Valley, just, like, in general, like, Northwest, like, they're all just, like, so good. So it's just fun yeah. to watch. Like, even though we did lose to, like, Blue Valley, it was just, like, fun so to fun. watch the good athletes. Yeah, and, and the fun atmosphere, too. Yeah. Um, and what else? Oh, Blue Valley Cheer won state um, a couple months ago. So that's very – that's exciting. I – I mean, I think they were going to win, but personally, I don't think they thought they were going to win, so I think they were surprised, but... I wish I could, like, tell you anything about my school's cheer team that's just, like, not, like... <laughs> like, I know that they wear a red lipstick and they, like, jump high in the air, but I, like, <laughs> I don't know if they're good or bad. I mean, I've seen them on the sidelines. They look pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I photographed a, like, their regionals, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. I can never keep them straight, but, I mean, to see some of those girls, like, flipping in the air, I'm like, you know what, like, props to you, because mm-hmm. I absolutely could not do that. Mm-hmm. And dance teams love watching dance. Oh my gosh, I like any sporting event watching dance or like the band. I just love yeah, it so I was much. Say, this like isn't it's not sports related, but um, 
marching band my school marching mustangs shout out marching mustangs i think they're like the best in the state or something but highlight of my friday night football team's terrible but you know who's there the band (laughs) the the marching the color guard hello they are so good just like their halftime performances i love it and like any college sport like ku football games that i go to and like watching the band at halftime it's so so fun yeah i just love i just love it so much yeah and then right now, um, we have basketball going on, so that's pretty popular, going to basketball games. I mean, there's rec basketball. I actually went to one yes. of those a couple of days ago. That was so fun to watch. It's so funny. See, I don't go to rec basketball games because North it's because North is so good at basketball, like real basketball. Why True. would I want to go watch like, like it's just funny. high school boys play funny. or girls? But my brother does play on a rec basketball team. I It's not going great for them, but <laughs> North, our basketball teams, the boys and the girls combined, I believe they're like... 22 and 0 last time I checked combined I don't know if they've had games since then but so also it's been really fun to see like the student section turn out for the girls games because like in the past obviously just in general girls sports kind of get like a smaller like turnout but people are like oh dang like we have some They're good so girls out there so we like it's been fun to see like the student sections get bigger and bigger and like more engaged so yeah and blue valley northwest also has a winning record of eight and four it looks like and so does blue valley southwest of seven and five so it looks like a lot of the basketball seasons are going pretty well and i'm very excited to see how the rest of the basketball season goes for all these schools yeah and today we're going to have on my school's um girls basketball coach coach fritz to kind of talk about their season because everyone wants to talk to winners you know i mean of course undefeated yeah come on so So, yeah, make sure you guys stay tuned, and we'll be right back here on 94.5 FM and 1510 AM. Welcome back to ESPN Valley Sports. I'm Anna Sandage, and with us now we have Coach Ann Fritz. Um, Coach Fritz is the head coach for the BBN girls basketball team at my school, and it's a good. It's a pleasure to have you today, Coach. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Thanks we're, for having me. Yeah, we're doing good. Thanks for coming on the show. Sure. So we're just gonna start off with how many years have you been the head coach at BBN? Twenty-seven years. And. If I'm not mistaken, you just reached your 600th win. What did this accomplishment mean to you, and how has it fueled you so far this season? I, you know, we're having a great season, um, great group of girls, and I guess the accomplishment means I'm just getting older. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of years have gone by, and you know, I've really enjoyed what I've been doing and met a lot of great people in the Blue Valley community along the way. How did you end up at Blue Valley North? Um... You know, I don't know, really. You know, my husband kind of said, why don't you just try applying for the job? And, you know, what was I just a young girl and, you know, just applied for the job. And, um, you know, sports have always been a part of my life and, you know, just kind of went for it and got it. And And now you're here. Yeah. So what has been like your most memorable moment from your time at BBN? Uh, probably the most memorable, just the people along the way. Um, you know, even when I started 27 years ago, you know, I'm still going to dinner with, um, you know, some of those parents and, um, you know, still keep in touch with the girls and, you know, they are married and have families now. And, um, you know, that's pretty cool to still be a part of their lives. What, how is this season compared to your seasons in the past? Um, you know, I have a g- group of girls that are really focused on, um, you know, basketball and, you know, getting better and they're friends with each other and, um, you know, they want to work hard and, um, you know, just really thankful for the opportunity to be able to work with them. Um, so your current record, you are undefeated. What have you been focusing on this season in order to maintain this record and to keep pushing forward with success? Yeah. Well, we just lost in the championship game of the KMO tournament to a, a good Raytown team. Yeah. Um, Alicia Dunn's doing a good job with them. Um, so we do have one loss. But, um, you know, we have a big game Friday at Miege. And, um, you know, we have the best league in the state. Um, you know, usually, you know, trying to keep up with the schools in our league. Um, 
you know, kind of motiv- motivates us. We're, you know, want to try to be finishing the top of our league and winning a uh, league title, which we haven't done in a really long time. Yeah, so, like, obviously winning a league title, but what other expectations are you setting for this season? And, like, not only, like, victories, but also, like, for the team itself, like, on and off the court. Um, you know, the girls really, you know, focus on um, taking care of business, you know, in the classroom and getting good grades and um, being, you know, good people around the school and in the community. And, you know, we figure if we can compete with the teams in the EKL, you know, that can we can compete with a state championship, um, you know, a lot, a lot of the 4A state championship is obviously Mies, the 5A right. state championship. The past several years has been Aquinas, and, you know, that 6A spot's open and um, for someone to get it in EKL, and, you know, hopefully we can try to fulfill that. So you've just had, like, a beautiful start to the season. What has, like, an average day at practice looked like so far, and is that different from years past? Um, I don't really think it's different, any different from the years past. Probably, the, you know, like – how you coach is a lot different from the years past. It's changed a lot over the years. But, you know, the girls, I think, would like to think, look forward to coming to practice and getting better every day. And, um, you know, you know, I like to get in practice and work on uh, trying to improve our weaknesses. And, you know, it's a daily grind. Yeah, so you mentioned the girls on the team being really close. What do you think feeds that connection and why they have such a bond like that? Well, I think a lot of them have played basketball since they've, you know, been really young in elementary school. And some of them have played basketball together since they were young. And they've gone to school together for a long time. So I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, so you've got some young stars on your team, like specifically Aubrey Shaw. What makes her stand out to you as an athlete and also as a person? Um, She's a really good person. Um, She's a great student. just really enjoyable to be around, really positive, and, you know, she's very coachable, takes criticism, and wants to get better, and um, she's only a sophomore. You know, we only have two seniors on our team and one junior, and the rest are sophomores, so we are young. So since you have such a young team, do you feel like in the years like to come you're going to have even more success, and if so, how will that look? Um, you know, I don't know. We just kind of focus right now one game at a time and, you know, just trying to do what we can right now. Um, to win games and you know haven't really looked down the road at all I mean live in the moment I I get that for sure and what games coming up this season do you think will pose the most like challenge for you guys well there's a lot of really good teams in the AKL like I said we play Miege Friday and then we play St. James who's having a great year and they have a great team and then you know we still got Blue Valley High left we still got Aquinas left um you know, we still have our EKL schedule, um, and there's just a lot of good teams in the EKL, so it's real challenging for us. What are your, um, what is like your, like what got you into coaching in the first place? Like, did you play in high school, college? Like, what made you that passion? Yeah, I went to Shawnee Mission East and played there, and we actually won state. It's Shawnee Mission East, and then I went to University of Nebraska. You know, just grew up in a coaching family. My dad was a professional football coach with the Chiefs and the Dolphins. So, you know, sports has just always been a part of my life. And if I'm not mistaken, you are also married to a coach? Yeah, my husband, Ed Fritz, you know, is um, coaching at North Kansas City right now. And so, but yeah, basketball's been a part of our family. (laughs) So how does that, like, coaching connection, like, make you enjoy the sport more off the the court as well? You know, we've just been doing it, I mean, ever, you know, ever since we've been married. And, you know, we have three kids, and, you know, we raise our kids in the gyms, and um, it's just always been a part of us, and, you know, we've supported each other, and, you know, now our kids are older, and one of my sons is a coach, and, you know, we still get a lot of support from our kids, and, you know, it's just been a family thing, and, um, you know, really thankful and blessed that I have so much support from my family. Yeah, so what is one of your favorite parts about coaching or a, memor- a, a memory that stands out to you? Um, you know, my daughter went through the program and at Blue Valley North and coaching her was really special. Um, just in the fact that I got to see her every day and it's cool and, you know, going to work with her. So, you know, those years were special. Um, my son played for my husband over at Northwest and, um, you know, that was cool. Um, you know, and just like I said, just like, you know, you're 
kids when I first started 27 years ago, Tracy Lozer, Blair Waltz, the Brashes. I mean, you know, there's just so many people that have been a part of the journey that have been really special. So those athletes that stand out to you, what traits do they possess that you really value? Um, just really, like, competitiveness, um, just being able to compete. I mean, there's a lot of basketball that doesn't take any talent and, you know, just hard work and competing, um, you know, can take, take you a long ways in life. Does your team have any rituals they do before games or any fun little secrets you think people might want to know? Oh, our, my team right now loves to dance. They love to do the TikTok dances. Oh, yes. And um, usually when I walk in the locker room for, before a game, the music's blaring and they're dancing. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to have to end it here. But thank you so much for joining us today. It's really interesting talking to you. All right, thanks for having me. Have thank a good you. day. You too. All right, welcome back to Valley Sports. We're so excited to be back. And first up for our first interview of the next season, we have Greg Gurley. He won the Kansas 6A State Basketball Championship for Shawnee Mission South, played for the Kansas Jayhawks from 1992 to 1995, while going to the 1993 Final Four, and now works as a radio analysis for the men's basketball team for the Jayhawks Radio Network. How are you doing today, Greg? I'm doing good. How are you? We're doing good. We're excited to be back. Okay, so we're just going to hop right in here. So let's talk about, like, your high school career first. And we know that, like, hitting the game winner and winning a state championship is incredible. But what were, like, your favorite high school memories as with your team? Well, you know, I grew up with all those guys. And we played, you know, since third grade on up. So to have it all culminate with a state championship was just so cool. All the hard work paid off and the camaraderie with the guys during high school and then since then we've all stayed in touch and some of your greatest memories are what happens at a very very young age and, and it's it's still a fun group to get together and and just the hard work to see it all paid off and it just made it all worth it yeah uh, so what things did you do in your high school career that led you to your successful successful college basketball career well i think anytime you play big time college sports whatever sport it is it's all about, you know, the hard work, the preparation, the repetitiveness, the practice, uh, just the mentality of what you got to do to continue to be the best. And so it, it was just a lot of people in my life that, that drove me to, uh, you know, be really good at something. And that was my parents, the stars, then it's your coaches and your teammates. And, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you see it as much anymore because when we were growing up, you played everything. You, you, you played, you know, baseball in the summer, basketball in, in the winter, and then either football in between there. Whatever sport it was, you did it. And I think universally it helped us all be – it ended up being really good at one sport just because of the hand-eye and the, the, the physicality of football and the hand-eye of baseball and the, the conditioning of basketball when you put it all together. So – I, I think people specialize too much, and, and I, I think the best athletes in the world are the ones that do multiple things. I wish that was the case still, but everybody now has that idea that they got to just concentrate on volleyball or concentrate on baseball or don't play anything else. I don't share in that belief, and I think we were successful because we played everything. Yeah, so since you were playing so many sports, how did you figure out that like base basketball was your path? Um, I, probably just because I was the best at it <laughs> of all the sports. You know, football really wasn't my deal. And, and uh, I was a good baseball player, but at, at that time, it was kind of, you know, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. There was the time when, the, the, you know, the baseball coaches said, you either need to concentrate on baseball or just play basketball, but you shouldn't do both. And, and that was frustrating because I was a good pitcher and I wish I loved baseball. I wish I would have continued, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I could, it was pretty easy to see that I was excelled at basketball. And that was going to be what I was going to play in college. So kind of the decision kind of made itself. Yeah. So overall, what is your favorite college memory about from a uh, college basketball? Well, we made the uh, the ultimate, which was the Final Four in 1993 in New Orleans. So that 
even though we lost in the final four, I would say that was my best memory uh, because to play in front of 70,000 people in New Orleans Superdome, uh, something that nobody can ever take away. I scored three points, uh, which, you know, obviously isn't a lot, but I do have that on my resume, which is kind of neat. Um, so I'd probably say the final four in 93. Yeah, so I've read that you have always said, like, putting like a loss in your top two is kind of outlandish but what did you learn from that loss that like helped you move on like in your career and just like in your basketball oh world? i think anytime you you know in my four years of college we, we never won a national title so we ended every year with a loss so you you, you learn things and and you focus refocus to, to to you know whether it's individual development team development camaraderie whatever you you go back to the drawing board like okay why did north carolina beat us and you know they had three seven footers we didn't have the size some things are in your control and some things are out of your control um it, it's it's a team thing it's a coach's thing and and uh we we all i say we refocused but we just continued to do what we've always done which is you know practice a lot and play hard lift weights and do all the things you got to do to be great and then you just hope that things bounce your way and and you don't end the season on a loss, but again, that didn't happen, but uh, still wouldn't give it up for anything in the world. Yeah, so this past year, um, KU played, obviously played in the national championship game and the final four game at the Superdome in New Orleans. So how did you feel watching that game, knowing that you had played there in the past? Oh, it was cool. That was actually my fourth final four that I've been to in New Orleans at Superdome, so I'm kind of a veteran there. Played in one broadcasted two and just went to one as a fan so pretty neat uh uh coming full circle from losing it to winning it even though i wasn't a player when we won it but i was part of the, the quote-unquote team as a, as a in the basketball family as a broadcaster so it, there's no other feeling like it i mean you're on top of the world it's 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 a culmination of again all the hard work the party after the game was so much fun with current players, former players, coaches, and it was something that was somewhat unexpected, even though we were a number one seed. I don't know if many people late in last year's season thought we were going to be national champions, but things bounced our way, and we've had better teams. There's no question about it that haven't won. So to win it with that team was so cool because it was, it was, I guess, a surprise, but when you're national champions, it is what it is, and it's it's something that'll that'll live forever. Do you feel that now, since or since you've left the program, your emotional connection to the team has like grown or like kind of stayed the same? Oh, I'm fortunate in my role where I, I work for the university as a fundraiser and as a broadcaster, so I'm able to be around it all the time, um, 24/7. So I would say my roles are probably increased as far as my emotional uh i don't know I'm, I'm just around everything with coaches players administrators everything so i guess it's kind of increased mm-hmm. uh don't have to do all the hard work as far as physical exertion and all that right. but being around it is, is is i'm so fortunate that as a former player i get that that rush where i'm I'm still in the locker room. I'm still, you know, on the team plane or whatever and feeling the same feels that they feel. And not many players get to continue to do that for as long as I have. Yeah, so um, speaking on how last year, or I guess the past couple years, KU has kind of been in this patch of losing a couple games in the middle of the season. Um, And that's kind of where we're at right now. KU has lost three games in a row. Um, What changes have you seen on and off the court in response to this? Well, first of all, I think that we're going through right now a three-game losing streak, and welcome to college basketball. Pretty much every team in the country goes through what we're going through. We're not used to it because we've been so consistently successful that we're all kind of like, gosh, what's going on? You know, all our, our fan base just can't believe we would we would dare lose three games in a row. So, yes, it's frustrating. Yes, we don't like it. But this is a lost by one to K-State. That's a really good basketball team. Had every opportunity to win, and we just didn't. 
laid an egg at home against TCU, which that was a bit of a head scratcher, to be honest. And then go to Baylor. Baylor's a really, really tough place to play. I'm not defending the losing streak or justifying it by any means, but this isn't uh, uncommon to to have a stretch like this. Now, the uh, whenever you lose one game, you always say don't let one become two. And when you lose that second game, you don't say don't let two become three. But we've let two become three. How are we going to react? What's our mentality? What's our refocus, rebound, whatever? That's Saturday in Lexington, Kentucky against the second all-time winningest program in the country in a big-time atmosphere at Rupp Arena. So there's no easy out. Um, It's not like we've got uh, Northern Colorado on Saturday. We've got Kentucky and Lexington. And so guys are going to have to, you know, dig deep and start making winning plays. And there's really no other way to say it. I mean, we Bill Self gets way too much credit and way too much criticism. At some point, the guys on the court got to figure it out. Yeah, and then obviously that loss of TCU at home was devastating. But how do you feel like the atmosphere within Allen Fieldhouse contributes to the team's success and also failure at times? Oh, I think that the the crowd at Allen Fieldhouse over the years has given Kansas so much extra juice and adrenaline, and that's propelled them to many wins. It's hard to really put a finger on how many wins that is, but it's it's a good amount because um, you're comfortable, the crowd gives you energy, and you, and you make more plays when you are when you have more energy than the other team. Um, against TCU, there wasn't the same amount of energy. And it's not the crowd's fault. It was the way the guys were playing. It's hard to, to fake energy and fake enthusiasm because it's just not real. And we just didn't have anything on Saturday. TCU absolutely dominated every facet of the game. And Bill said it after the game. He goes, even if we played a lot better, I don't know if we beat TCU. Now, we played really bad. You lose by 20-plus. That's how it works. But uh, Allen Fieldhouse crowd, it's the best crowd in the, in the country. And anybody that's trying to do it, it's just not even close. Not even close. I, I was looking at a stat today. In the Big 12 in the last 20 years, Kansas has had 17 home losses. Second most losses, whatever you want to call it, Oklahoma at 61. So 17 is first, 61 is the next closest. Shows you how consistently dominant Kansas has been at home, and the crowd is a big part of that. Yeah, as a Sooner fan, that 61 sat kind of kind of stings a little. but Yeah. Um, as you said, like energy can't like be taught. It's like a choice on the court. And throughout your career and also your time playing, what players have you observed that have really like stood out to you? In the Raptors at Allen Fieldhouse, as I look at opponents, Kevin Durant coming in Allen Fieldhouse right. was the most impressive performance I've ever seen. I mean, Kevin Durant is the best scorer in the NBA unguardable and when i saw him in allen Fieldhouse, however many years ago that was couldn't guard it was, it was ridiculous as far as ku guys go i mean i've seen it from from paul pierce to nick collison to uh, uh sharon collins was always a gamer Devonte graham might be one of my favorite yeah. all-time jacks mm-hmm. just because of his infectious smile his demeanor his personality and obviously his play on the court frank mason was a his senior year, I mean, hadn't been a Kansas Jayhawk that had the kind of senior year that Frank's had in a long, long time. So, I, you know, in my role, I get so close to the guys that it's hard to really, it's kind of like being a parent, but the kid's your favorite. I tell you, there's guys that I've enjoyed more than others, but man, have we had some good ones over the years. And that's a testament to how Bill recruits and his staff. They get good players that are good that come in here and and uh, our fan base just eats it up. Yeah, so I know um, you and Coach Self are close friends and work together. Um, can you tell us your favorite Coach Self story or one of them? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, Bill and I, I play a lot of golf together. We do a lot socially. So most of my great memories and stories about Bill aren't 
on the basketball court. It's when we're playing golf or we're out to dinner or whatever because, you know, we're, we're so consumed every day by Kansas basketball and our and our lives with what roles we play that to have an escape, whether it be on the golf course, whether it be a vacation or a dinner, is, is really stuff that we cherish, and I know he does as well. So um, once, you know, we go on a, two or three golf trips every year and just being away from the, the masses and being kind of a man on an island, so to speak, where nobody knows you. And yeah. most of the places we go, nobody knows me, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying it because of me, but when we go places, people typically know who he is mm-hmm. and will, you know, be around him and want to talk, take pictures, whatever. But when we're somewhere in the in Phoenix or, in the, you know, we've been to Scotland and Northern Ireland, and probably our best trip was Australia. And we played golf over there, and I bet you two people in 10 days recognized him, which was nice for him. So we were able to have a, a really good time and, and just he can just be himself. So, uh, again, basketball memories there's thousand of them but but some of the best are off the court and then of course besides the fact that you got to become best friends with bill self what really got you into the field of broadcasting and being a sports analyst well that's a great question because there's there's really not a good answer I, I i wasn't trained as a broadcaster i was just asked to do it back after college uh, when when a, when a Metro Sports started and, and then Sports Radio 810 or really 1510 was the first one and and you know it was from Chad and, and uh, Boger and some of the others that were just like you got to do this and I was like I don't know what I'm doing so I I guess I just kind of learned on the fly and if you listen to me you probably recognize that I'm not professionally trained and I'm um, but I, I try to have a good time with it be honest and not be too much of a homer and if we're great talk about it if we're bad we should talk about it too you know there's no there's no sure coding at, at times and so at, when people ask me how i got into it I, it truly i'm being honest i there wasn't any uh, i didn't desire i didn't have a desire to be in it but when when i was asked i tried it i enjoyed it and kind of continue to move up and i love what i'm doing yeah, so um, what is your favorite memory so far of overall working as a sports analyst and then working for KU? Oh, I think as far as working for KU and the fundraising role, my, my, my most enjoyable times is when you go out and you raise money to build a building, let's say, or a field or a whatever, and then it gets built and you know that you had a, a big role in it and it's kind of shaped the athletic department or the university as a whole. And it makes you feel good. You know, when you, I drive by McCarthy hall, which is where our basketball team lives. And that was a big part of my life for like three years was, you know, formulating the idea, the design of it, the raising the money to pay for it, the decorating, the interior decorating, whatever. I had a hand in everything. And so now driving by it every morning on my way to the office or, giving people tours of it it's a proud moment so that that's a very very satisfying part of my job is that i can raise money to build things or to impact a student athlete's life that's going to help them in their life whether they become a professional player or they become an attorney or whatever and and those relationships and then you know my favorite broadcasting memory has got to be last april final Mm -hmm. four national championship game being able to call a national champion get a get a ring uh the after party and the days right after it with the parade and i mean it's really cool to, to be able to experience that and and then have that in your memory bank and the photos of the you know that night after the game we had a, so many former players back and we got a really cool group shot of everybody with bill self from the, the ted owens era to the larry brown era to the roy williams to the bill self guys all together, one big brotherhood. And so broadcasting-wise, it's got to be the last April. Yeah, so you touched a little bit on, like, your work raising money for um, the, co- the school, but what really got you into the Williams Education Fund, and how did that become, like, kind of one of your paths in life? Um, also, kind of organically, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I, I had people ask me to do it, 
I just sold my business and, and I was uh, kind of a free agent, so to speak. And Lou Perkins, the uh, former athletic director at Kansas, uh, saw the way I, I was on a golf trip actually with a bunch of KU people. And he liked the way I kind of had relationships with all these guys and hang up things. He goes, you gotta come to work for me and be a fundraiser. And I was like, well, let's talk about it. I, 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 maybe, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be good at asking people for money. turns out that that was easy for me to do. And it was 12 years ago. It's, I think it's gone pretty well. You can ask my bosses if I'm any good at it, but, uh, um, it, it just happened like, you know, just says, Hey, you got to try this. And same way with broadcasting. And so it doesn't really tell young people a, a great deal on how to get into the business because I'm unique in both areas as far as someone asking me to do it, as opposed to me asking them, but uh, it's worked out and and it's uh, very fulfilling. Yes. Yes. And then, so our last question for you today is how have you observed the atmosphere of the KU team change over the years? Oh, it's not so much over the years. It's probably season within the season, you know, kind of like this year, like in the last month, we're flying high or what are we 16 and one or whatever. And, number two in the country and everything's great it's all rainbows and butterflies and then we lose three games in a row and everyone asks what the hell's wrong with us and and uh i don't think there's really anything wrong with us obviously we need to play better but the the atmosphere and the the whole mojo around the program has changed i mean last night we flew home from waco it we take took off about twelve thirty at night and it was very very quiet Whenever we lose, it's a quiet plane, and it's everybody kind of looking at each other like, "All right, right. next Friday we're going to get back on this plane and fly to Lexington. We got to figure some stuff out in the next four days." So, mm-hmm. the ebbs and flows of of college athletics, you know, you're going to lose games, you're going to be met with adversity, and the the big question is when you're met with adversity, how do you react? Do you react with you know feeling sorry for yourself, putting your head down, or do you figure out what you did wrong and get better and hopefully it's the the latter yes yes well hopefully we end this losing streak and win our next game um but thank you yes but thank you so much for joining us today we loved hearing from you yeah thanks for having me on this is great well of course so that was great girly and make sure to stay tuned we'll be right back Welcome back. Next up, we have former Blue Valley High head baseball coach, Tony Scardino. Mr. Scardino, how are you doing today? Good, Lainey. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm glad to have you on. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Uh, I'm flattered. (laughs) Of course. All right. So first question is, out of your 10 years head coaching for Blue Valley, what has been your best takeaway, would you say? You know, Lainey, I think I had had experience coaching before I moved to Blue Valley. I was in Oklahoma for seven years in Tulsa. And I think coming to Kansas, you know, when I took the job at Blue Valley, I had a buddy who said, you can't go to Blue Valley. You can never win there. They're a football school. And I said, well, you know what? I think we can maybe do something about that. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a great run for 10 years and, just been a ton of fun yes yes and then so uh what was one of your favorite memories overall of coaching you know if i think about that it would probably have to go back to as a young coach a first state championship in 2004 in tulsa but but beyond that you know um i think given that we've won, we've had some success at Blue Valley and, and obviously that's attributed to the kids and to the parents and um, to the student body and the support that we had. But I mean, it's hard to separate one championship, but is that what it is? I don't know that it's championships. I think the thing that I probably enjoyed the most and was just being around players, being around kids who, we're like-minded and we're all working towards the same goal. Yeah. So do you think that'd be also something that you've missed the most or is there something else that you've probably missed the most from coaching? You know, I miss the kids. I miss being around the kids, but 
at the same time, I, I, well, I mean, I've had a number of coaches who were surprised that I didn't retire altogether, like to get out of the classroom as well. And I think that the thing is, is that, yes, I miss my players, but I see them every day in the hallway and I get to go, get caught up and mm-hmm. kind of find out what's going on in their lives. But um, I, I don't know. I think that I'm, I just enjoy being in the classroom still. I just feel like I'm making a difference with kids, but probably in a different way, you know, where before I was reaching, I don't know, what would we have in our program, maybe 60 total players. And now I get to see 150 kids. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that in and of itself is a great challenge, just trying to make a difference for those kids. Yes. So um, you kind of touched on this earlier, but why did you decide to coach baseball rather than a different sport? And was it more because of your background or just because of your interests? Because, Lainey, nobody would have me. No, (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I kind of backed into coaching because I had like a previous life and I didn't get my head, my first head coaching job really till I was 42. And so I was involved with raising my kids when they were young and being involved in their activities and taking them to sports and and that sort of thing. Um, But I had a guy who I was living in a small town in Kansas, Independence, Kansas. Everybody knows somebody from Independence, Kansas. (laughs) And anyway, he invited me to come out and help coach because I had a little, you know, I'd played a little bit of college baseball and I was terrified to tell you the truth. High school kids mortified me. I, I just didn't even see <laughs> me how that would be a possibility. And lo and behold, I went out and was, you know, an assistant coach on the baseball team down there and fell in love with it. And that kind of led me to a career change because at that time my wife was working kind of in a with a large larger corporation. And I'm sitting in a small town going, what the heck am I going to do now? And um, I thought, you know, I can go some, I can go anywhere and get a teaching job. And that was what, so I thought I love to coach. I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to get certified to teach. And, and I did that and kind of the rest is history. I've been never, never looked back and never um, doubted that that was a great choice for me. Yeah, that's awesome. So you have won four state championships within your 10 years of coaching at Blue Valley. Um, and yes. those would have been in 2014, 2017, 2018, and 2021. Um, what right. major things helped you accomplish this? Well, you know, I mean, let's face it. As you know, being the bowling, oh, oh boy, the bowler <laughs> that you are, you've got to have great players, right? Oh gosh, yep. And I mean, it oh, starts yeah. with that, and and I think that success kind of breeds success, and we were able to, I think, in our first year in 13, we, we came out and we took third at the state tournament. And I had one of the dads come up and he goes, oh, you're in trouble now. And I go, well, what do you mean? And I, he goes, well, they're going to expect you to do this every year. And I go, we didn't do anything. We took third, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll be back. And so I think that that was always something that it, it drove it drove me. And then once you had a little bit of success, once the kids had success, then it just kind of built itself. And um, we continue to have great players come out. And how did we win four titles? I, I don't know. You know, all I know is that I, I always um, kept my eyes focused straight ahead. I never looked behind me because somebody might be catching me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just knew what I had to do with our group of kids and with my team. I never really worried about what other teams were doing. Um, Mm -hmm. I just worried about what was I doing that day of practice? Was that going to help us to be better? And what could I do to get better? Myself, even in my own job with what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so speaking of other teams, um, what teams do you think were like your biggest opponents? Well, I ever since I've been in the EKL and for five years, I don't know if you knew that or not, but I was at blue Valley West after I came I to Kansas city from Tulsa. I was the assistant varsity coach at blue Valley West with coach Bill McDonald for five years. And, you know, throughout my years there, throughout my years at blue Valley, when I became the head coach there, 
I mean, the best competition and the fiercest rivalries were all of our EKL opponents. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just the level of baseball um, that we've gotten to in the state of Kansas is tremendous. And I think a lot of that is attributed not just to the kids and the high school programs or the coaches, but the summer programs that, that they take part in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I just feel like great competition within the EKL. And obviously Blue Valley West has always been a traditional opponent for us, but no more so than Northwest or North or Southwest. And all those teams are great and they're well coached. And, and I was proud to be a part of the EKL. Yeah. How do your coaching styles differ, differentiate from other baseball coaches? Would you say? That's a good question. I'm not, I'm not real sure. I mean, I've been around a lot of coaches. I've been around coaches that yell and scream, and I knew that that was not what I was going to do because as a player, I hated to be screamed at. It always made yeah. me tight. It always made me play worse. And really throughout my whole career, I can't think of one player that I ever yelled at for missing a ground ball or dropping a fly ball. You know, it was uh, if I if I got frustrated with a player, it was more because of some mental mistake. They weren't where they needed to be. They weren't thinking, or they had their head down, or whatever it might be. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how my style differs from other coaches. I I do feel like I'm kind of a player's coach. I I'm not going to micromanage a kid. I'm not going to try to change his hitting style. I mean, quite honestly, we can't do that given that we've only got three months with him. Yeah. Through the course of the year, so um, let the kids play, let them perform, and and hopefully we can get them to the highest level that we can get them to, mm-hmm. and want to compete. Yeah. So in the beginning of 2022, you were inducted into the Bishop Kelly Athletic Hall of Fame. And yes. what were your emotions throughout this accomplishment? I was extremely emotional. Truly, I mean, um, that's where I'm from. That's where all of my kids are. My kids all went to school at Bishop Kelly. Um, My middle son, Jeff, he played for me at Bishop Kelly. He was a Tulsa Metro Player of the Year. And um, it it was such a privilege to do that. And on top of all that, the fact that they gave kind of an unproven guy an opportunity, that just, I just love the school. I can't say enough about it. Heck, my grandkids, I have one there now. One will be there next year, and probably for the next 10 years, I'll have grandkids that will attend Kelly. So to be recognized by them was a huge honor, and, um, you know, uh, I'll always be appreciative of them, of giving an unproven guy an opportunity. Yeah, of course. That's an amazing accomplishment. And then also in 2021, you were the 6A Kansas High School Baseball Coach of the Year. Um, What major things contributed to this, and how did this impact your coaching career? Well, those coaching of the year things are are great honors, but like I've always said, I mean, it's because I I have great players. I have great staff who have been with – they were with me for Coach Kennedy and Coach Sewer and Nathan Daniel and Ryan Heifel. I mean, they were with me for 10 years, and, you know, we we just created something – that people wanted to be a part of. And, yeah, I'm sorry, Lainey. I kind of lost it. I'm I'm probably on something different. Edit that out. No, you're good. You're good. You were asking me about, oh, 2021. Um, How did, like, what major things contributed to your Coach of the Year accomplishment? Well, probably probably some of that would be the kid that's starting at second base for the University of Oklahoma and the kid that's starting in center field at Creighton. And a kid that's starting at Louisville on the mound, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just go back to having having great players and kids that want to succeed and they have that drive. 2021 was a, was a, an interesting year because we were picked the preseason to be number one. And then through the course of the whole season, I mean, for the next three months, we were able to maintain that, that number one ranking and, I think that was to go from from start to finish being number one. That was a tremendous accomplishment. And, um, you know, what a great group of kids. 
they just wanted to play baseball and they just wanted to spend time together. Mm-hmm. And to win a state title with them was just something that I'll never forget. And I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you would have been there. We were at um, down at Fort Scott. Mm, I don't think I was. And that field is really interesting. Where in the past, when you win a state title, they let you run out on the field, and oh, down so there they didn't, they didn't let kids do that. Oh. And I remember watching down the third base line. There was a wall. And all of our student section went down over that wall. And to see them reacting to our guys, you know, to, uh, across on the other side of the wall and how, you know, it just really stuck with me. And it, it that's the thing that I, that I really enjoy is just watching the, the happiness that kids experience when they achieve something. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that was an amazing experience. Um, And then overall, how was coaching for Blue Valley different from other schools and experiences? Well, I've only been a head coach at one other school. And so, uh, to me, it was much the same. You know, Kansas is a little different than Oklahoma in that we can't play nearly as many games and practices start later in the year and that sort of thing. But I don't think it was – any different. I, I didn't have any, my mindset was the same. Um, every year when we set out to begin the season in September, you know, with getting kids signed up and meetings and all that, the expectation is that we're going to be in the state tournament. And every year we would be contending for a state championship. And I think the kids, and I told them that from the very beginning, I mean, don't come out. If you don't want to compete for that, then you probably are in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was something that that uh, I think was important for us. Yeah. And it's hard when you got a bullseye on your back every year. It's tough because everybody's, you know, you're getting every, every team's number one pitcher. You're getting every team's number one effort because mm-hmm. for them – to beat Blue Valley High School, that was like that. That could make an entire season for a team, mm-hmm. and so that that level of pressure, the 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 necessity of competing at a high level every time out, I think was was a huge challenge for us. But we did it, and we did it year after year after year. And sometimes we got there, and a few times we didn't. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure. I I appreciate you, um, you know, taking the time to visit with me. I always love to talk baseball and especially Blue Valley baseball. Oh, Go yeah. Tigers! Oh yeah, of course. Well, we're, we're so glad to have you on. And um, all right, lady. Yes, thank you we... so much. You did a lovely job. I think. Tell your boss you need a raise. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. All right. All right. Well, you have a good rest of your day. You too. Take care, lady. Thank you. And everyone, make sure to stay tuned to 94.5 FM and 1510 AM. We'll be right back. all of our guests today and make sure everyone to tune in next week same time 5 to 6 on 94.5 fm and 15 10 am for another week of valley sports